All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. Excited to be here with you on the first Thursday in June. Uh, here in Seattle, it is really working hard to try to just be spring. We're not even worried about summer yet. We just want spring to come here in Seattle. So we're working on it. Uh, if you are watching this live, if you're participating live on LinkedIn or YouTube, thanks very much for joining us. If you're on LinkedIn, you can be part of the show. If you're watching this live, I have a question for our guest today. A, a comment uh, or opinion on our topic today of uh, working the virtual room and yeah, virtual relationship building and interpersonal skills uh, in a virtual environment. We'd love to have you chime in, ask questions, make comments. If you're watching or listening to this on demand, thank you so much for subscribing and downloading every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. You can find uh, available on demand at salespipelineradio.com. Uh, each week we are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Very excited today to have with us Betty Monroe. She is a, uh, an engagement coach, a sales consultant, uh, with uh, Connective Engagement. Betty, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me so much. And let's clarify, I am not, I am not the marriage type engagement coach. <laughs> That's actually been a question asked. So not marriage engagement, um, <laughs> but, I think, but I think, you know, connectivity amongst us in a more virtual world is, you know, we are both doing this from versions of our home, um, you know, and doing more online and interactive engagements like this um, versus time in person. I think that, you know, that was a, a pivot for COVID that in many cases that balance will continue. So we're all having to learn a different way of engaging with each other. So talk a little bit about, you know, how that came to you, how that's something that you're so passionate about and sort of where your focus is there. Well, I mean, to be as brief as I can, after 23 years as an elementary school educator, an early childhood professional, an actress, and a teacher of children in the arts, it served as a really great background for me to see and understand how people connect and understand not only each other, but themselves. And over the last few years, having been a podcast producer and marketing manager for a sales-based podcast, I really watched B2B sellers and other professionals struggling with this environment. Um, I happened to be a working film and TV actress as well, and I started kind of wheels spinning, thinking, my gosh, you know, I was seeing people like this on camera, which was certainly not helpful to anybody, right? right. And I'm sure many of us could raise our hands and say, yeah, I've seen that or worse. Um, and I really started thinking, my gosh, I would love to help people with not only the aesthetics of the virtual and now hybrid space, but the interpersonal skills that seem to have been lost or muted, not just due to the pandemic, but due to too much of this, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I wound up where I'm at. No, it's fascinating background. I think your experience as an actress has certainly sort of provides some skills and experience to this. And, you know, to a certain extent, I mean, how much of when we're interacting with people in a business environment, how much of that is or should be acting versus how much are we do we need to be natural? And sort of how does people think about the kind of proactively the kind of presence or persona they want to have uh, in front of others from a business perspective? I'm so glad you asked that, Matt. You shouldn't be acting at all. Even as actors, we don't want to be acting. We want to be human beings being human, right? We're being versions of ourselves as the characters we play as another human, right? Or something that should be portrayed as human. So as sellers and actors, we have a lot in common in that we base almost everything we do on the relationships that we build and the trust that we create within building those relationships. And the space that we do that in has changed, right? So people are struggling. And the biggest complaint that I hear from sellers and other professionals, even attorneys and doctors is, gosh, how on earth do I connect to a person in a box next to me on a screen as opposed to having them sitting across from me at a table, right? 
So yeah, I don't want you guys to be acting at all. And it's about being your most authentic self and the ability to build that genuine relationship. And it's harder virtually just because of the environment we're in. I mean, like, I, so I literally, like, as, as we have, as we record this session, like, I'm looking at you, but you don't think I'm looking at you because I should be looking up there. Um, you know, even just watching the sporting event last night, like watching an, an interview from some people that were like, they were both staring at cameras. And I think they were literally sitting like 10 feet away from each other, but they were looking like they were looking at each other. That is unnatural to do. Um, so how do you train yourself or how do you get comfortable being your authentic self and being natural while still looking like you're paying attention and engaged in the conversation? I think it is just some getting used to, right? And it's everybody, change is, is difficult to not resist, correct? So, you know, I'm looking directly at you right now, but if I look at the camera, to me, that feels unnatural. I want to look at you. And I think that once everybody gets used to the fact that, yeah, we may not be appearing to look directly at each other i am looking directly at you at this moment so it's simply about pretending that that's not there the barrier is not there and i'm just looking at you listening to you watching your body language and listening to you most importantly Um, i think people are so wrapped up in the needing everything to be perfect um and it's really not necessary nothing is perfect and a perfect example i like to share is uh you know i'm sure there are multiple people who have had a toddler run screaming naked behind them right on camera while they're in the middle of a Zoom meeting with, you know, their CEO or higher ups or goodness knows, right? And it's funny, but it's real life. And I think once we come to accept that nothing is perfect, especially given the state of our world at this time, I think we're all going to be okay if we let go of that need for perfection because it's not going to happen. Speaking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Betty Monroe. She spends a lot of time helping sales and marketing teams just increase connection, increase uh, genuine interactions uh, to sort of just just help with business discourse today. And I really like your perspective on sort of having to look at the camera versus looking at you. And honestly, I think given that we look at ourselves and look at screens all day long, there must be some science behind the fact that like, if I can look at you, but you're not looking directly at me, it's less intense and therefore it's a little more natural. And I think it makes it so that you're, you're more focused on the conversation you want to have. Is there anything behind that? You know, I actually don't know the answer to that. Mm. However, my guess would be this. I think you're right in the sense that for you, that works. And for me, maybe so every individual is different and the comfort level of everyone is going to be at a different space. So I'm comfortable either way because that's my personality. But yes, a lot of people who are utilizing this virtual space now that are the most uncomfortable are perhaps IT professionals or people that are more introversive and aren't as used to being social or type A or a leader in the physical space, right? So for those people, it may be more comfortable to not have to look directly into somebody's eyes across the table. Make sense? It does. It does for sure. I mean, let, let's take that another to another level. I think, you know, the, the white space around business meetings is different now than it used to be. Like if you're at the, if you're in an office with your colleagues, like there was the time before meetings and after meetings, there was the waiting outside the conference room door when someone else's meeting was happening. Um, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're doing a sales call, there was the right up the elevator before and after the meeting, right. Where you had that sort of natural opportunity for small talk. Zoom doesn't naturally have that. And so how do you sort of, con- how do you really re- sort of rebuild rapport building and sort of create opportunities to sort of naturally authentically connect with people when the space, the time, and in some cases the senses are limited in this kind of a capacity? 
Well, that's definitely a multifaceted question, but I think easily answered um, in several stages. So the first part, getting back that water cooler time or the white space you're referring to is easier than you think. Now we're used to this, right? So we know we're scheduling these meetings and you need to let everybody know the first five minutes is gonna be dedicated to just chatting and not just how's the weather. Let's get back to actually connecting to each other. Start your meetings with asking your, your meeting participants, hey, tell me one sweet thing and one sour thing that's going on in your world right now. It can be regarding work or personal life, whatever you're comfortable sharing and showing your level of vulnerability. And that's another thing we can circle to having the sense of empathy and vulnerability, both in roles of leadership and as colleagues is so integral. That's been lost. And I think people got so tied up in all the craziness going on in the world or that need to be perfect. And how do we switch from in-person to this virtual space? And I don't like it. And we need to let it all go and just be human beings being human. I can't repeat that enough times. That's one of my favorite things to say because people have forgotten how to do that. Yeah. 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 I, well, I think that, you know, um, it's it, because we have these narrower connections in a virtual format. Uh, I, and I think because people then don't naturally have, in some cases, sort of the professional backdrop they used to be. Yeah. Like I, mean, I used to do most events like this, you know, from my office, right. Where there's a much better background than if you're watching this and seeing the hot mess behind me in the, in the basement here. But you know what? We all have our hot mess. We all have sort of the natural lives that we live. And I think if that's who you are, not that, not that everyone is a hot mess, but just like we, we're all human as we go through this professionally and personally. And being willing to sort of mix the human with the professional, it feels like there is a place for that deep in business, in sales, in management what would you say to someone who is still just sort of anxious about how that makes them appear, whether it's someone who is trying in an interview, trying to get a job or early in their career, trying to impress um, sort of a management team? Like there's a lot of anxiety I see from people that don't have some of those natural sort of uh, sort of appearances, so to speak, that are doing the best they can from where they are. How, how do you help them sort of ease into being human? I think just reminding them that they're not alone. Reminding them that they're not the only one in that situation. You know, you claim your background's a hot mess. It's actually not. I see two pieces of neat furniture with things neatly arranged on top. And that's okay. Personally, when I'm working with someone on the virtual aesthetics of their meeting space, whether it's in an office or at home, I, I'm i not a, a fan. And again, this is my personal opinion. Everyone has one. Uh, I'm not a fan of the virtual backgrounds. And I'll tell you why. And there's nothing wrong with them. But I want you to be the main focus of what I'm looking at. And right now you are. Just because you have furniture behind you doesn't take away from you because you're lit properly. You're, you're elevated to a proper level where I can actually see as much of Matt as I need to see to communicate with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think people need to get off of worrying about that need for perfection. Yes. You don't want to show up with like, you know, a hoarder's basement behind you, but you definitely want to make sure that everybody, first of all, everyone understands that they're not alone in this. Yeah. everyone's going to have a different space to work in. If you live in a two bedroom apartment in the middle of Manhattan and you no longer have an office to go to, you don't really have much choice. Right. right? right. So I think it's okay to be okay with being imperfect. Well, I'll take a step further. I agree with you on the background piece. And, you know, I, we, we do some recurring events where we have sort of a common background that becomes kind of a branded thing. But sometimes if people show up with what is clearly a sort of a fake background, I'm always wondering, what are they hiding? So I get distracted. 
by looking at that. No, I'm not focused. I'm distracted. I'm like that clearly is fake. Like what's what are they what are they hiding? Um, is you know is is there a difference to if you are a manager and you are trying to help someone be comfortable and authentic? How do I as a manager? Um, help who I'm talking to feel comfortable and not as anxious or self-conscious of what's behind them or how they're showing up virtually. I love that you asked that. One of the things I really like talking to organization leaders and managers about is, you know, the fact that you can't meet these prospects or potential, you know, talent that you're thinking of adding to your teams the way you used to, and we are meeting them virtually. And one of the pros that this, that this environment has created is that it enables you to expand your ability to reach for those people, right? So it's okay for you to, in say an email prior to meeting them, when you're setting up the time to meet with them, mm-hmm. share a fun or unique fact about yourself at the end of that email. Share something that maybe not a lot of people know that you're comfortable sharing that is totally appropriate, but yet shows that you have a sense of vulnerability and empathy. And it's going to break that ice just enough for them to hopefully respond with the same. Ask them to share one about themselves too. Show that human side of you. You know, there's a huge difference between a leader and a boss. And that comes everywhere. And one of the things I, I really pride myself in when I'm imparting coaching skills to my clients is that we have to remember that those soft skills that used to be not so important in the corporate environment are actually more so because of exactly what you just said. So recognizing that it's okay to be a human being, being human again, and to show some level of not only vulnerability in yourself, but empathy towards others is going to really soften that blow and hopefully make them relax. Well, I think there there are a lot of tangible ways you can do that, right? I mean, if you if you um, you know have a meeting for a half hour, like plan an agenda for like twenty twenty five minutes, and plan on not giving people a couple minutes back, but saying like, hey, you know, at the end of the meeting, like, hey, I'm curious, like, what's with the UW helmet above there? Is that where you went to school? Is that your favorite team? I noticed the the cross net behind you, like, so you know, when it used to be, you could do a sales call and look at people's four walls and say, what's on the wall is things they care about. Mm-hmm. You know, in today's environment, there's going to be something there you could talk about the other i've got a in our leadership team meeting every every week we do we start our meetings with segues and so every we go around the room and someone just says something they're excited about professionally or personally and so we get to know each other and what we did we do it tuesday afternoon so we'll, a lot of times what was on the weekend is still people top of mind and so it's a great way of sort of building connection with people and i think the stronger connections we have with those on our teams with our peers with our direct reports with our prospects those connections are really what makes us human. And I think that it's not something we just sort of stuff to the edges. I think it benefits us when we make that part of the agenda. I totally agree. And taking it back to what I said about allowing that first, even the first few minutes rather than the last few minutes about saying to them, tell me something sweet or sour about your life. And the sour isn't to indicate something negative, but simply what are you comfortable sharing? Or is there something that you need to get off your chest that will help you breathe? Mm-hmm. right through this next step whatever it is i love it well betty monroe thank you so much for your time today if people want to learn more about you or more about the work you do what's where's the best place for them to go and check out the best place for them to go is at us they could just visit my website connectiveengagement.com and i also have an instagram the same awesome thank you so much for your time today thank you very much for being here uh thank you everyone for watching and listening this has been another episode of sales pipeline radio we'll see you next week this is matt hines thank have a good rest you. of your week take care 